Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are excited to be able to host you once again on uh, the Father Focus podcast. It is our privilege to be able to uh, be with you today. Hey, real quickly, if you don't mind, we would love to get the word out and just to yes. encourage people about being fathers. And so you can subscribe on all of our major, uh, all the major platforms. And we would love to just be able to take this journey with each and every one of you today. Now, my name is Jeremy, as you may know, with my friend, Jeremy. Jermaine, Jermaine, what's how's up, it what's going? Up? Good, doing well. How are you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. Things have been going great over here. Uh, it's on. getting hot. It's getting yeah. hot. But, yeah. Uh, what, you, make, you can make it. You can make it. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, listen. It's, <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, today we actually have some some exciting things happening. Number one, Nathan actually is not going to be on today. We actually yeah. are doing something a little bit different. We're having a very special guest, a friend of ours. I've uh, been knowing uh, him for a long time. His name is Eric Gilmore. Come on. And uh, I, I have been knowing Eric for goodness, probably close to 20 years now. And uh, he's going to jump on in just a moment. A little bit about Eric is Eric loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. He loves people. Uh, he has been serving God for a long time. And if there's one thing I know about Eric is that he is a good dad because he's a good uh, follower after our Heavenly Father. And so you're going to hear a little bit about his uh, experience mm. in life and uh, how he is growing and what he's doing and how you can even connect with him on some of his uh, platforms. Uh, has done a lot of great things and speaks in a lot of different places. And so Eric, hey, welcome. So glad to have you on today. Man, it's my honor, Jeremy. It really is. Awesome. Hey, so tell 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 our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how they can kind of connect with you uh, specifically. Yeah, my wife and I started a ministry back in 2010. It's called Sonship International. It's to bring the church into a deeper awareness, consciousness, and experience of God's presence in their daily lives. That's, that's what we do. So I'm basically itinerant, though I'm also yeah. a pastor at Nations Church here in Orlando. But people can get connected with our ministry through youtube we have hundreds of hours of instrumentals and teachings yes. and messages and things on there if you just put in eric gilmore in youtube you'll find everything uh, that we have out there yeah man one of the things that i've actually been doing in my office even when i'm not <laughs> praying and i'm actually just working i'll have that on in the background like some <laughs> of the and i would encourage everyone to go and and jermaine if you haven't done it yet um, you know, there's no shame today, but you better do it tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, that's some great stuff on there. But before we get off into the content, I actually have a question uh, for you, Eric. And for those of you who don't know, and you may not know Eric personally, uh, he's actually kind of a baller. At least when oh. I remember, <laughs> this guy was shifty. He could shoot. He was smooth. I saw somebody foul Come him on now. Really, really hard one time on concrete. And he did this little used one hand to not, you know, hurt himself. And then he kind of went up for a layup as a smooth oh, move. Okay. Uh, it might have been me that fouled him. Too. Uh -huh. I don't I don't, I don't remember on. too well. But my question is, it is a basketball question. But who do you have as the goat? OK, here we go. MJ or LeBron? Uh, this is kind of a touchy subject for me because I'm Jordan to the day I die. Come on now, <laughs> tell them, tell them, tell them, say it one more time for the listeners out there. One more time, Eric. Air Jordan to the day I die, oh, man. Air, Air Jordan, Air yeah. Jordan. So then, let me ask this: Is it is it the legend that can't be beat, or is it the oh. player? Is it the legend that can't be beat, or the player? Because oh, they're two different. The legend is impossible to beat, but the player hmm. can he be beat? I think it's his heart. <laughs> Jordan's yeah. heart 
He had the heart of a lion. He was the man. winner. He was the yeah. winner. All yeah. right, okay. Determination, right? I'm going yeah. to destroy you. Like <laughs> that was he had that killer instinct, right? He did. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I, I Jeremy I actually, doesn't agree. I, I am going to go ahead and digress from the oh, conversation. I I am. Uh, I, I think I've been one on the on the LeBron. Uh, I'm on the LeBron bandwagon at the moment, but it's a close. It's a close race. I'll at least say that. But nevertheless, you know our content, and I want to just again thank you so much for jumping on here. Uh, and what we're doing is we're wanting to just see fathers uh, rise up. And uh, as you know, even Paul said in the scriptures, you know there are, there are a lot of teachers, right? But the mm -hmm. fathers where. Where are they? Uh, where are the fathers? And so uh, just to kind of start this off, why do you think fatherhood uh, is such a struggle? Like where are the fathers and like, why is it such a struggle to be a dad? I think that if there is a struggle to find good fathers, it's because they didn't have fathers. Fathers beget fathers. I think if a man is fathering well, that fathering well teaches how to father well. Remember, Andrew Murray once wrote, what I am to make my child to be, I must first be myself. Mm. Uh, as you know, we teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are, as, as John Maxwell would say. Um, so I would say it's probably a breakdown in the generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I would agree that, that kind of that modeling, right? That's what you're saying, right? Kind of that, yes, that model has been lost. Right. There's mm -hmm. nothing I uh, heard a, an author say like there there there's nowhere to make a withdrawal from. So you're withdrawing from nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then so when you withdraw from nothing, there's nothing to that you can build today with. So I, I agree with that. There's, there's definitely uh, very, very a lot of. Uh, yeah. So so then so then how how would you know ones who have not had that ones mm -hmm. who and. Yeah. A little bit about my story. I mean, and people have heard, you know, from past episodes that I did have a good dad. I did have a, a good, a good godly dad. I had the example of a praying father who mm. opened his word. I would wake up early in the morning if I was thirsty, Eric, and I would see my dad you uh. know, in the cold garage with a blanket over his shoulder, a candle <laughs> lit in the garage, and I watched him pray. You know, and I and that marked me like those those are markers in my yeah. life. And so whereas someone so we have one who I would like to think that I'm on my journey to be a good dad. I'm being good at being a dad and mm -hmm. those things. Whereas Jermaine, I would also say I've seen him interact with his kids and other kids. He is a good dad. And at his own admission, his dad wasn't in his life. And so, you know, Eric, how would you say for ones who may not have had that good mm -hmm. dad, that good example? Um, how do you think they could start developing it in their, you know, their practical life? What would you say some of the tips are there? I think Isaiah has a wonderful quote, which we use a lot of time at Christmas, but it's, you know, Jesus, he is the wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father. So there is mm -hmm. the knowing of Christ reveals to us what fatherhood looks like. Even if you think of uh, Psalm 103, he says, as a father has compassion upon his children, so the heavenly father has compassion on those who fear him. I think the fear of the Lord installed through submission to the gospel causes men to have their eyes open to see God the father and even uh, recognize what fatherhood looks like by how God is with them. I think even if our earthly fathers are amazing, they still pale in comparison. Right 
to the goodness of our Father. And so Jesus even teaches us to pray our Father. It's the address and recognition of God, our Father. And we recognize there how to be how to be good fathers i think how god deals with us in patience and and exhortation and strengthening and standing with us yeah i would say that yeah okay. well can i tag on that real quick jeremy i just want to say yeah. that yeah. so for, to, you know to piggyback on what you're saying i want to ask a follow-up question to that is you know one of my struggles for a while i was born again i had a desire for god and his word you know processing you know he was sanctifying me in a lot of different areas but i didn't know god as father so mm-hmm. I, I remember being at an altar one time after uh, we had a uh, intense time. We had several meetings. God was kind of moving and um, and we were praying afterward. And I remember the Holy Spirit whispering to me, I'm your father. So I want to ask you this question. So what is it? So amen. And yes, to what you're saying. But what about those that like me that had I was walking with Jesus? I knew him. I wanted to please him, but I didn't know him as Abba. I didn't know him as father. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Like some listeners that are out there, they're like, they haven't had a father. They don't know Jesus. They don't know God or they struggle to know him as father or relate to him in that way. What would be some advice you might give them or some thoughts? Are you talking to Jeremy? Or are you talking you. To oh, okay. you, Eric. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say that it just like it happened with you, you met the Lord and recognized the deficit of not knowing the Lord. And then by interaction with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to you, I'm your father. He brought you into this understanding. I would say it's in fellowship with God that we learn God. We only know God by fellowship with God. And there are many aspects of God that need to be opened to us and continually opened to us and more deeply opened to us. And all this, I believe, comes through fellowship. So Mm -hmm. even as you are aware of God's presence and the Spirit speaks to you and cracks that wide open for you, I think he'll do it even more uh, to each one of us as we continue to fellowship. He opens these aspects of his wonderful person, his attributes, and then he opens them again, and then he opens them again, and we just go deeper and deeper in the knowledge of God to know, to know, to know. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me asking because, again, you know, I think some people that are out there listening, as 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 I was, were like, you know, I want to know God, I want to please Him, mm. but but I don't know, I don't, you know, I didn't know Him as Father. I just knew that I needed to please Him. I, it, it wasn't uh, until I had grown, and I pray that those who are listening, maybe you don't know God, you don't know Jesus, mm. you know, you are you are His delight. He delights in you, mm. you know, even before you do anything, even before even before you 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 know. He told me this recently. He said, Jermaine, when 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 you became aware of me is not when I became aware of you. And oftentimes we think when we become these followers of God, we're aware of him and all of a sudden he's aware of us, but he was always pursuing me. He was always <laughs> looking at me favorably. And I think sometimes we get into the ditch of, um, without trying to be in another ditch, right? With with grace, you know, we get in the other ditch of performance. And I know for me, it was like performing and striving and trying to be good enough. And if you're out there, you're listening, like Eric is saying, like, you know, there is a knowing of God and he's calling us into it. And you don't have to, you know, one of the keys to being a good father is knowing the knowing the, the ultimate father and knowing that he's that he's looks upon you favorably. Beautiful. Yeah, man. It's almost like one of the things that, you know, that some 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 characteristics, let's mm. just say it from an earthly <laughs> perspective that I learned from my dad 
right? Mm-hmm. My dad was a blue collar worker. He's working hard. And, mm-hmm. he, and he brought that to me, that, that character of working hard, taking care mm-hmm. of your family. Uh, I'm going to be there for my children when they're hurting, uh, when they have games, when they're in, involved in life. He was there and, and, and money was not a primary concern for him. And his family was like, his family was his primary concern and that rubbed off on me. So then likewise, mm-hmm. like again, what both of y'all are saying is that you're coming into this connection, this relationship with God. And if you have not had that father, you, mm-hmm. in, and even if you have, but the characteristics of God are actually being born again in you mm-hmm. as you are spending time with Jesus. Absolutely. And then that, and the life of God is now those quote characteristics are now flowing through you into mm-hmm. your children and then thereby. And, you know, and I would also say it is a, it's not like going to be a, always a, a dramatic thing, right. but, a very, but a very normal thing where it's like, you know, maybe a couple of years go by and you realize that you just, there's just been this change and you don't even know how it happened or mm. when it happened, but you would know that Jesus is the one who's doing that through you. So yeah, that's a great, um, I guess a great way to think about it, I'd say. So yeah. Yeah. And I just want to ask you this, Eric, you know, just a practical question, right? You know, so, um, you know, we all were dads, we're fathers. What, what are what are some goals? What are some basic goals you have, you know, as a dad that you could share with us? I would say, first of all, uh, as we've been emphasizing already, is to find all my joy and all my satisfaction in God. That in and of itself is yeah. a testimony to my children, even as as I said earlier, what I'm to make them to be, I must first be myself. As I enjoy the Lord, I testify to them. This is my highest priority. Yeah. This is the most important thing. So that's the first goal is to communicate to them the enjoyment of God is the reason to live. Number two, mm. to love my wife in such a way that they will, uh, I have two daughters, I don't have sons, that they <laughs> will look at uh, a man and, and say, unless he is like my father to me, he doesn't love me. So I want them to see the value I have for them. I want to communicate by how I am with them, their great value and how much I love them and what they're a treasure. And so that's the second goal is to communicate to them because ultimately they're probably going to end up getting married. And I want them to be with someone who treasures them as I do. So I want to communicate that to them. So the enjoyment of God, the love of my wife communicates something to them, being there for them and having compassion upon them, being attracted to their weaknesses, to help them even in their weaknesses. I mean, Neil Postman once wrote, children are the message we send to a time we will not see. And mm-hmm. so I want I want to wow. send that message to, to the time I'm not going to see. The enjoyment of God, the love of my wife, uh, and the, the, the solid of covenant marriage and then the value and patience of a father the exhortation of a father the strength strengthening them up as a father so those are those are my real goals uh with my kids and i really i'm really praying constantly for them even as you know how job in job one he would go to god and offer sacrifices for his kids because he did this continually just in case Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah repentance. Yeah, yeah, but he—he wow. he basically just in case mm-hmm. their hearts were not right. Right, <laughs> and I just want to continually bring my kids before the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive them if they've offended you in any way. Draw them to yourself. Draw them to yourself. 
So yes. covering them in prayer, I think is, that's my high priestly duty. I say to the Lord, I say, Lord, I approach you today as a priest with these shining names upon my chest. And I say mm -hmm. their names, my wife, my kids, uh, as the priest of the home, we're, we're, we're the, we're the one to bring Amen. it to God. Man. Hey, so, you know, mm -hmm. as far as some of our listeners who may, uh, you know, I live in the South, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Y'all know how oh, sports, yeah. how sports is a God, oh, man. man. <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of people who have um, some of their goals are athletic. Uh, and, and, and let's be honest, like we know the vast majority. They, we, we praise God for people like Tim Tebow who use their platform to, you know, shout the name of Jesus. I love that. And amongst some other athletes. But uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, the majority of these athletes are not going to go into any kind of profession. You know, if they do great, they're going to go to college. But um, for people who, you know, may be wrestling with um, prioritizing certain goals, um, how would you speak to that Who for people who have goals of, oh, well, I want my son to, you know, be an amazing high school athlete because they're spending six days a week playing baseball and travel ball and all these different things um how could can you just speak to people who um have specifically um uh, uh different kinds of goals that you may say um maybe should be realigned with uh their christianity like do you have any kind of thoughts there mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I, and I know it's a touchy subject too. Sure. I, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with having specific goals for the kids as long as they remain a far secondary. Yeah. That the primary is to love God and obey Him with their whole life. That first. Mm -hmm. And secondary goals, I think they're fine as, as long as they actually uh, are not held so tightly as to if they're not obtained, it will affect me. You know, I remember in Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, he says, even if God gave Abraham gifts, his value of them were so tempered that the, the gain or loss of them didn't, didn't matter. Yeah. So I think that's the, the, the key. This is most important, Christ, Christ. And mm -hmm. then secondary, yeah. yes, I'd love to see this, but even if it doesn't, Christ, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, amen. Hey, so let me ask this. Uh, in relationship with your kids, again, we've seen a little bit about goals. In relationship to your kids, um, how have you led them uh, to pick friends? Because, you know, I have I have young kids, you know, nine and under. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing when they start, when other kids from other families and other disciplines and other mm -hmm. things that they hold as values, other goals, settings, <laughs> and they, they come into their little worlds. How do you, how have you led them to pick friends? Like, have you ever, ever been friends that you're like, mm, I, I just don't want them around them or how, how is your, uh, how have you led them in that way? Uh, on the one hand, like you're saying there, there is wisdom. I think even Paul prays, that we would have love with discernment. So mm -hmm. I think on the one hand, there's wisdom. If a kid is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> then there's there's that. But I think also God sends certain people into our kids' lives to see if they can overcome their influence. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he works things, as you've seen in your life, I've seen in mine, God works things by sending people uh, 
to work on areas of your character, to work on areas of your patience, or uh, all the work God wants to do, his tools mostly, uh, are people. Right. <laughs> uh, remember, Glad- Gladstone said to us one time at Bible college, he said to God, I, I want to I die, Lord, and live for you. I want to you know, die and be resurrected and because I want to I die to myself. And God says, don't worry, I'm sending people to help you. <laughs> and so yeah. that is, <laughs> well, that's one aspect, I, I think. It's like, uh, I, I don't really have a, 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 a difficult time with this area with my kids because they don't want to be friends with anybody. <laughs> they, they love to be alone. They love to, you know, just stay at the house. They're fine just being with each other. Um, they do have s- some friends, but uh, like I said, one of the major things in the last couple of years, because I have a 17 year old and a 12 year old, one of the things wow. that has happened in the last years is that I've been able to use their friend situations as means to teach the scriptures to them in ways that otherwise would never have come about. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah, on the one absolutely. hand, there's there's wisdom to shield your kids from bad influences because bad right. company corrupts good morals. At the same time, there is god ordained situations in which you can use them to communicate practice pr- the practicals of the of the bible and and selflessness and kindness and love to people that even don't deserve it sometimes um, and those situations wouldn't come up without people that, that interaction know? yeah yeah so you're saying again to recap that uh, there's wisdom obviously in governing a certain yes. level of of um oversight person is mm-hmm. yeah and, and where you said if the child is ridiculous yeah. obviously we're not going to let you know a criminal come right. and be best right. friends with your child right but not to say <laughs> we're not going to be too picky and look for the perfect person because if you find the perfect person then they're not going to be want to f- be friends with your child right your child's not <laughs> perfect so to speak you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to be overly- i love that <laughs> we're not going to be overly picky um, mm-hmm. with the friends, but we're going to use practical wisdom, knowing that, you know, the, quote, sins of the other in ch- friend, um, yes. you're saying that God is going to use that to refine mm-hmm. your girls and our sons and daughters. Oh, I've already seen it in small yeah. form, and I, I'm yeah, expecting amen. it. They just started yeah. school, so I'm expecting yeah, more yeah. things this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the key is that it's cool that you have that kind of relationship. (laughs) Yeah. You got that kind of relationship with your daughters that you guys can have that open and honest dialogue. We just want to encourage the listeners for that as well, to to really nurture that relationship, cultivate the relationship. Don't overreact. So your kids, your daughters or sons can come to you. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome that they're coming to you and talking about these different things. What a gift that is. That's something to be aspired to, you know, to have that relationship with your kids. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Great. All right. So, you know, we Jeremy's asked a practical question about, you know, uh, the friends and I want to ask one. So uh, what's something, you know, as a father, you know, we you know, when I started having kids and I started knowing these guys started speaking to me in different ways through my kids and through experiences. With that being said, what is one thing you've learned? Maybe there's several, but you've learned from your kids. There's been these moments with my kids where God, I was learning through them. They, God was taking, Holy Spirit was taking me to school, you know, <laughs> through my little ones. So do you have any, any experiences or anything you could share with the listeners about that? I would say that this kind of thing that you're talking about was really common in the beginning. Um, two, five, six, eight, mm-hmm. nine, these years, they don't have self-consciousness really. Mm-hmm. 
when they when they pass you know 12 and they you know they start becoming very self-conscious oh self-aware yeah that uh, uh andrew murray wrote the true beauty of childlikeness is the absence of self-consciousness and so I would say in those early days, the beauty of childlikeness, the absence of self-consciousness would minister so deeply to my heart and expose me in many areas of my own heart where I was selfish and self-centered and unforgiving or bitter or seeing competition or comparison. All oh, these things are not even in their in their minds you know because right. they just don't wow. they're so young you know they they don't have that and so but as they get older, these things start automatically coming. So I would say early on, it was the absence of self-consciousness that I was able to witness in my children that really ministered to me and, and helped me understand what Jesus means when he says, unless you be converted and become like one of these, mm -hmm. you will not inherit. This absence of self-consciousness is very important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, can you give us an example of that? Like, so, so practically, what did that look like? Like the absence of self-consciousness, right? They're not self-aware. They're not self-absorbed. Yeah. They're not self-consumed, right? They're just out there, right? Yeah. Can, can you give us an example of, of what that it, looked like? Yeah, I'll give you a real, real <clears throat> quick one. There's so many of them, but one time we took the kids to SeaWorld and they got these like lightsaber things, these like little <laughs> light. And uh -huh. they love to swing them around and uh -huh. stuff. And my oldest daughter uh, lost hers or broke it or, or something. And she was looking for it because my younger daughter was playing with hers and she's looking for hers and she's getting very frustrated because she can't find it. So finally she looks at me and she goes, daddy, I can't find mine. I lost it or it broke or something. I don't know where it is. And my youngest daughter walks up to her and she gives her hers. Yeah. And that right there, this, mm -hmm the selflessness of oh you don't have it i have one i'll give it to you nature yeah. just here yeah, you can have this that kind of thing it sounds small but divisions in the church would be solved by just being more childlike mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and you wonder if like if we could have that same some of those same characteristics in yeah. the home and we're not even talking about the ambitions outside the home right. uh, the, the, the <clears throat> ambitions for making more money securing yeah. ourselves <laughs> in different places but inside the home with our wives mm -hmm. you know and just the harmony there to be selfless yeah it's almost almost you know again the child likeness mm -hmm. uh, of being of innocence and that's yeah. uh, where you're going and that is uh, i think that is profound man yeah so good wow. There's a there's a lady named Danielle Papavisi. She's a missionary, missionary to Iraq. She told me this one time about motherhood, and I believe it can be applied to fatherhood as well. She said, all the selflessnesses, all the selflessnesses that we give to our children that go unnoticed, they're like seeds. You throw seeds on the ground, you don't see them anymore. But years go by, or time goes by, and you get a garden. And so... Mm. We, we do these little things for our kids and we feel like you know, they may be ungrateful or they don't recognize how selfless we're being. They're seeds that one mm -hmm. day will grow into a beautiful garden. Man, awesome. that's powerful. That's Encouragement powerful. for somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. For me, man, for me. Me too. I'm like, honestly, I need, there's Lord. so many things that I need to learn still. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. Yeah, um, uh, Eric, as we're wrapping up the episode, uh, there's something that I didn't really tell you about, so it's going to be kind of interesting right now. Uh, okay. We're going to do kind of a rapid fire thing. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd like to do is... Yeah. Yeah, we're, like, I'm going to yeah. ask a question. Jermaine's going to ask, and we're just going to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it's just first thing on your mind. Okay. First thing that comes up. Uh, so the first one is, um, what's your favorite part about being a dad? 
Love. Okay. Wow. Okay. Love. Biggest challenge as a dad. Boys. <laughs> yeah, okay. Especially he just yeah. said he's, his oldest daughter's 17. So yeah. Okay. All right. So first, th first thoughts, if you can remember first thoughts, um, when you found out that your wife was pregnant for the first time, mm. I said, there's nothing else we can do. We have to have the baby. <laughs> <laughs> here, here it comes. How old, were you, how old were you when, when I was 22, 22, 22. Okay. Wow. Here's one, uh, get a little vulnerable here. Fail moment <laughs> as a dad was a fail moment. Oh, I threw a, the inside of a banana, not the outside, the inside of a banana had a little piece left. I threw it at my daughter one time. <laughs> she tripped my other daughter and I threw the banana It hit her. She looked at me and she was just like, dad, what was that? <laughs> yeah, that was a big fail for me. I was like, I shouldn't have thrown that inside smushy banana at you i apologize <laughs> inside smush dude and that's, that's the best that part. Would, no it's not it's, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's why he threw it <laughs> right so it would stick to him the best part to stick to her and oh no okay all right so uh last one uh what's one thing uh that you do that has made the biggest impact on your kids that you could say um that you're starting to see the flower now what's one thing that you're that you've done that has had the impact on can your I say, children. Can I say two? No, dude, it's only one. No, I'm just sure. kidding. It's your interview. Go for it. The, the first one is our family devotions. Um, what does that look like? Uh, we sit in a circle. We quiet our hearts and sit and just stare at the Lord for a little bit in quietness. Then we read the scriptures. Everybody shares something. We read the scriptures twice. We read a passage twice. And then we everybody shares what it was about the passage that was special to them. And then each one prays that part of the passage out for all of us. Okay. Um, so it's not very long, but it's real special. And there's always marked presence there. Wow. Uh, the Lord is, is there. And you're reading uh, it out loud together? Yeah, uh, okay. we're verse by verse. So if okay. we did five verses, I read, she reads, she reads, mm -hmm. you know. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, um, okay. And then the second thing that really <clears throat> uh, is, is effective is walks. I love to take walks with my, get them away from the house get them away from everybody else and talk to them and probe. How are you? How's your heart? Mm. Is your heart okay? How are you feeling about your life? Is there things going on in your head that you need help with? I'm here to, to help you. Uh, so this, this really works. Um, it helps us bond. It helps mm. us connect and there's effectiveness. They always return from the walk lighter and they can breathe and they can see more perspective mm. because they're, they're so, you know, they can't see like we can because we're older, you know, and we've, we've seen the Lord in a way that they haven't, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I love uh, wrapping up this episode with those two things. Yeah. And uh, I, I would just quickly uh, even throw in there. Uh, I love the element of taking a walk. Cause you said, get away from everything. Yeah. And I would even throw out that phone, right? So we're getting yeah. away from the totally. phone. We're getting away from uh, the screens, the television mm -hmm. and all those things, which in and of themselves obviously are not sinful. I mean, they're right. great tool tools that we have, but to be able to get away and then you're concerned with the most important thing about them, which is what's going on in the inside of their being there, what's going on in their soul. And mm -hmm. so I absolutely love that. And I would encourage all of our listeners to uh, even if you there are certain things you can and can't do we're always trying to adjust our life to be um, the um, 
to be better in a certain sense. Right. Like, okay, I want to, I want to be a better dad in a year than I am today. And I want to see progressions. And so I think that there are, there are those things that we can do and become better day by day, step by step. And then trusting to God, as Paul says, look, some, some, somebody's going to plant the seed, somebody's going to water, but then there's mm -hmm. only one who is going to cause the seed to germinate and that is Jesus himself, right? And so we're, we're laboring in all these different ways and maybe you don't have to sit in a circle like Eric. You could be like Jermaine and do it around uh, the your, your breakfast table. I think Jermaine, you've told us that you do it in the morning times. So you could have different ways, different philosophies, but the important part is, hey, the word of God is in front of them. And then I love, oh, and I didn't, you didn't actually, maybe I didn't catch this, but do you do that? as a family or you do that as individuals, your little walk? Is it just one-on-one, -on -one, one day? And how do you do that part? Uh, the walk or the devotions? The, the walk. Yeah. When you oh, yeah. walk. Uh, I will take one daughter away from everybody Okay. Uh, yeah. at a time. Yeah, well, Nathan told us, which was great, because I actually started practicing, practicing this uh, because of Nathan. He was like, man, I take my daughters on, on a date. Nathan's got two girls. He'll take his daughter out. And I'm like, Dang it, I need to start that immediately yeah. to, again, the alone time. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Eric, real quickly, um, before we close this off, I want to just give uh, all of our listeners a chance to be able to find you. So once again, can you just remind every, everyone uh, how it is that they can connect with you uh, specifically? I'd like to push everybody to our YouTube channel. You just write in Eric Gilmore in the search bar. But we do have a website. We have merch. We have all books. We've written 30 books now. So we've got all those on there. We've got e-courses and we have a mentoring program on Tuesday nights. Everything is in one location. It's sonship, S-O-N, sonship, I-N-T-L dot org. You can find all that stuff there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Highly encourage each and yeah, every man. one of you to, um, to okay. look into what Eric has been doing and uh, the Lord has absolutely used him in so many different lives and i'm one of that so again eric thank you thank you thank, thank you. you for coming you guys on. are great yeah well again as we wrap this up i want to thank each and every one of you for uh taking the time to listening to this episode of uh the father focus podcast and uh and eric gilmore i want to encourage you again hey would you please uh help us by sharing subscribing uh, whichever platform it is that you uh, are listening to we're available on all of those platforms so you you can subscribe and we look forward to hearing you and listening from you uh, in the future uh, so go ahead and subscribe like and we'll be talking to you all soon yeah yeah